Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast. This is your host, Tim Ferrara. We are a member of the Edify Podcast Network. Download the Edify app today and find more great Christian podcasts. I'm excited for today's episode. I saw this documentary, Send Proof, and I showed it to some friends, and I'm excited to talk to the director, Elijah Stevens. This whole documentary is very well done, very well balanced about healing, and if healings exist, where's the proof? This podcast, Eyes on Jesus, is based on my devotional, Eyes on Jesus, a 90-day discernment devotion. I would love it if you checked out the book on Amazon and see if it's a good fit for your quiet time with God. Also, if you want to hear this podcast a few days early, you can go to faithful.place and find me on there, Discerning Dad. I'm posting the video on there a few days early, along with other exclusive content. It really is a great social media platform for Christian content creators. If you follow somebody, you will see all of their posts. It won't get lost in the feed like some other platforms. Without further ado, here's my interview with Elijah Stevens. Welcome to the podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Elijah Stevens. Elijah is director and executive producer of Send Proof, his first full-length documentary. Elijah served as an executive pastor for seven years, is a published author, and continues to teach on the subject of religion, science, and the supernatural. In 2015, Elijah founded Stargazer Media Group, a film house focused on creating media, which bridges the gap between the intellectual and the spiritual. Elijah, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm doing great. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I this is one of the reasons why I love having a podcast is I get to reach out to people that I want to talk to. And as long as they agree, I get to. And uh, I saw your documentary, Send Proof, and I showed it to some of my friends. And I was just like, wow, I need to use my platform to spread the word about this because uh, it was so powerful. And I'm excited to talk about it. And so just uh, let everyone know a little bit more about yourself. Anything else you'd like to share that wasn't in the, the first bio I talked about? Uh, there's, there's not too much. Um, I do a bit of apologetics ministry. Um, I can't recall. Um, I've got a master's in science and religion and I I find that's the most fascinating field is, you know, how can we critically think about supernatural claims, which ones work out, which ones don't and why. Yeah, that, that's very interesting to me, too, uh, as part of having discernment and talking about discernment is when do you discern and when do you actually, you know, let faith kind of bridge the gap between what right. we know and what God knows, which is everything. And, and where is that borderline? You know, we don't have blind faith, I always say, but we have faith in something. We have faith in the word of God and, and who mm-hmm. God says he is. But at the same time, it, you know, is sometimes a tough jump for people that want all the proof without any mm-hmm. faith. And we need a balance of the two. So we'll talk more about that in regards to healing. So uh, a big part of discernment is uh, talking about uh, in season three about roadblocks, uh, a time when, you know, you you were on the right track. But at the same time, you know, I didn't want to kind of give the impression that, oh, as long as we make the right decision, everything's going to be awesome and carefree and no problems. And so that's why I chose to talk about in this season Mm -hmm. of a time when, you know, my guests had a roadblock or maybe it didn't seem like you were on the right track, but then you kind of had to persevere through it. Mm -hmm. So maybe you could take us through a time when that happened and kind of share that story. Yeah. Uh, so the premise of Sim Proof is my journey to go look for medical evidence for miracles. 
And I started that journey out by, you know, asking a few friends, have you seen miracles? Well, yeah. Um, can you help me get evidence? And that really went nowhere. I, I even put up a website um, and people would send in stuff. It was just kind of like, you should know better. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's yeah. really not a miracle. That's uh, going to your doctor and getting better. Then at one point, I was just like, I'm, I'm thinking about quitting this entire process. And I'm at my house and I start getting texts from my friends that a guy named Sean Boltz had called my name out at, at church. Hmm. I'm like, what? Um, and so I get my car, I drive to church and he gives me this prophetic word that has lots of details about my life. My wife's name, she's an occupational therapist, my birthday Wow. And he's like, God's commissioned you go make the film. It'll touch lots of doctors lives. Wow. Um, and so that was overcoming a minor roadblock. The major ones were, well, how fast should I start doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started raising money but within six months. We launched a Kickstarter, raised about $135,000. And then I think I made a mistake in discernment in that I didn't go through film school. I tried to build the plane as I was flying. (laughs) And I look back on that and I think it would have saved a lot of time. But I also see God's providence in this, that he brought a team. He took me through the learning curve. He's opening doors. And so I do think discernment's important, but sometimes God catches your back and takes care of you. Um, But I also feel in the discernment process, sometimes I'm anxious about getting it right rather than trusting that God will carry a process through. Mm. And I'm trying to analyze uh, too much. And I look back and I go, I wasted tons of time just playing scenarios in my head. And I think that's an interesting part of the process of going, well, sometimes it's best to eliminate and wait. And I'm I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah, I think that's true in like leadership or making decisions. You know, you can have Mm -hmm. that inaction where like, I'm going to wait to do anything until it's all laid out before me, all 100%, you know, clear. And you might just be in that position forever, not moving because uh, God wants us to take one step at a time, Mm -hmm. not seeing the next step down the road. And through that first step, we're able to learn, like you're saying, because not everything will be perfect through this journey. We're learning, even though God knows everything, he lets us sometimes fail, sometimes move through things that help us grow spiritually, intellectually, all those things. Uh, and, And then down the road, we can see, like you said, his providence, his hand on the journey, how we've learned and grown even through, uh, you know, tragedy, through, uh, through trauma, Mm -hmm. through horrible things that we can see God was with us and that we learn. Mm -hmm. And what now we can help others. That's a big thing. I tell people too, is that what you went through a lot of times will enable you and equip you to help others that are going through similar things. And we have to remember Mm -hmm. that too. I would also add to that. I think we're all, when we talk about discernment, we naturally trend toward how to make things turn out the way we want them to or mm. got better yeah. rather than who God wants us to be through the mm. process and 
discernment has a lot to do with character where I'm going, am I doing the right things with the right heart? Because Jesus really cared about hearts more than anything else. Yeah, exactly. And uh, a lot of times we go before God and we're like, here's option A and B, you know, and that's the only Mm -hmm. options we have in our mind. And we, we miss the fact that, well, what if there's a C, a D, an E, you know, got infinite options that maybe God has. We, we close ourselves off to that possibility just because in my, our mind, we're kind of praying until we see the result we want. And we have to be careful against that. So the, the documentary Send Proof, you talked a little bit about this, but uh, why did you originally decide to do a documentary at all on healing specifically? What was kind of the questions you had in your mind and kind of prodded you down this path? I think one of the things was a lot of people claim to have miracles. And if that's true, healing miracles, those should be objectively verifiable, mm. at least some of them. Right. I mean, some may, you know, they didn't go to the doctor or there's a missing report. I get that. But there's, if there were none, that would be an issue. Mm. And I, at the time, I wasn't running across people who was researching this stuff very well. Um, I'm not sure if Craig Keener had published his big book on miracles or not yet. Or um, Now there's a, a lot of evidence out there. Lee Strobel wrote a book. Yeah. Um, but at the time, they weren't there. And I had a friend who was a senior pastor, uh, my former senior pastor, leave the faith, mm. tell me there's no God, there's no evidence for miracles. Mm. And so that really kind of made me go, I need to look into this. Yeah, that that's, there's such a wide range, you know, of people and what they believe and mm-hmm. uh, regarding healing, you know, and it, it could be something simple as I prayed for somebody and their headache went away. Well, how do mm-hmm. you, how do you verify that? If I tell somebody right. that they're like, oh, well, did you take Advil? Was it just the time for the headache to go away? You know, like there's all mm-hmm. these things we do in our mind. And the person that received the miracle knows it was a miracle for the most part because they can tell you their testimony of when it left and how it left. And and also, I think it's important that, you know, there's a lot of times that God does use doctors. There's a lot of times Mm -hmm. that God does use natural processes. Or like we said, it could be that journey you go through where healing is not for you in this moment, but through the journey, you know, you get closer to God or whatever God has for you as part of his plan. You know, there's so many things that we kind of talk away because it's not how we wanted. Well, and I hear the comment all the time online from atheists, you know, well, why, where's God in the, in the cancer award at the hospital? And, you know, there's mm-hmm. all these uh, skeptics of people that just look at uh, the extreme examples. And then they say, well, there, there there's your proof why God doesn't exist. And uh, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I love this film is because you do talk to uh, not only just ministers, but you talk to skeptics, apologists, philosophers, and researchers. Why was it important to you to have all these voices in the film? Well, I didn't want to make a Christian propaganda movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, first of all, and secondly, I think critical thinking involves listening to all sides of an argument. Yeah. Um, and if we're to worship God, the, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your mind. Right. It's even greater than love other people, according to Jesus. Like, think about that. Um, then I think the church really needs to learn to critically think. And to do that, you have to talk to people who disagree with you and let them tell you why and go, well, let me give that proper evaluation. Um, I learned very early on 
one of the drives, I think, in Christian's heart, especially when it comes to apologetics, is one, come up with an argument so great a Richard Dawkins will fall to his knees and just go, God's real, I'm sorry, to transform the church, and lastly, kind of convince ourselves. And I reversed those and just said, I'm making this documentary, and I'm doing all of my intellectual research on scripture for myself. And um, I don't want to be doing propaganda the entire time. And so to eliminate that, you have to be intellectually honest. And I think that comes across in the film is I'm a guy that tried to be as intellectually honest with the data as I could. And that's why I brought the skeptics in. Yeah. And I think, you know, no matter what the topic, we all come in with a preconceived idea on stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people that watch this film can get validation for what you believed already. Like, oh yeah, that skeptic, Mm -hmm. I believe what they said, or, oh yeah, this, you know, the Christian minister, I believe that. And I think taking the movie as a whole, and then at the end thinking, okay, here's all the data. Here's what everyone said. What do I really believe? What does the Bible say? What is, what is maybe something that I believe that was incorrect? And that's how, that's such important part of discernment, not just with healing, but anything, you know, uh, if you don't believe that uh, demon possession is real anymore, and then you see a demon cast out in front of you, you have to really go back to, okay, what is my theology? What is my doctrine? What does the Bible say about this? Is it just mm-hmm. because of experiential? Do I have experiential theology where I only believe the things that I see or have experienced personally? Because that's a mm-hmm. horrible way to go about believing in God of just what you experience. And mm-hmm. so the Bible's our foundation. You know, we, we can't stray from that. But at the same time, there's a lot of crazy stuff in the Bible in the supernatural, right? I mean, people, uh, you know, that say that God doesn't move today. Well, God's still a supernatural God. Um, there's a there's an interesting story of, I read a book called Compelled and this, this uh, evangelist in India talked about a story of, or as actually someone else that was running from people that were trying to kill them and they were new Christians and they just prayed for bread or they they prayed for food. And then mm-hmm. right beside them was bread, hot bread on a rock. And I read that story. I was like, wow, that's crazy. And skeptically, that's really hard to believe. Like, come on, how is that even right. possible? And then I read the story of Elijah in the Bible. And the same thing happened to him where he got bread from an angel on a rock next to him. And then it's like, okay, well, that story is something biblically based. First of all, even though skeptically, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, come on, like, who are you kidding here? Mm-hmm. We know bread doesn't appear out of nowhere on a rock. And, mm-hmm. and for me, that was one of the things where it's like, okay, you know, if the Bible is truly my foundation, there's a lot of stuff under the supernatural umbrella that God could do. And it's not that every time I'm, I'm going to pray for bread on a rock, it's going to show up, but also God can do whatever he wants. And we have mm-hmm. to kind of submit our will to his. Right. And it comes down to like logical possibilities. So certainly it's logically possible for God to put bread on a rock. No one would, if the, something like God exists, would disagree with that. Yeah. Um, and then it comes down to, well, what is the evidence for this particular one? And so my job is not to go out and just try to believe every miracle claim that comes my way. It's to thoughtfully look at them, look at all sides, look at the character of someone testifying. But I'll tell you this, you shouldn't put your claim, your standards for miracle claims higher than you would a court of law. Mm. And in a court of law, an, an eyewitness with good testimony character who's wanting to tell the truth and understands lying is wrong and the consequences of it uh, is is accepted as evidence. And so that is, 
you know, they could be mistaken, but uh, in general, we accept that level of evidence and we put people in jail for years for it. So maybe yeah. we're more skeptical just because supernatural is involved rather than the, you know, is this a good epistemological method for yeah. coming to truth? Yeah, that's true. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Said too, in school, you were taught to question everything, and that's one of the things mm-hmm. you talk about and why this documentary came to be. And what what do you think as far as the balance we talked about earlier, the balance between faith, questioning things, but also at some mm-hmm. point needing to have faith to kind of bridge that gap, mm-hmm. knowing we're never going to have all the answers. What do you think that balance kind of lies, and why is it hard for some people to kind of jump into faith? Um, I think because we don't teach people how to understand what knowledge is first. Um, Knowledge is justified true belief. And so I can go and take the facts about the resurrection, look at them and go, I'm fairly confident Christ rose from the dead. And then faith comes secondary where I go, I'm going to live like this is true. Um, And what happens is we in the West want 100% certainty on our knowledge claims. Um, But that's just not where philosophy is today. Most people say knowledge claims occur on a continuum. I'm 80% confident this is true, or I'm 30% confident in it or whatever. And what good apologetics does is it increases our confidence Mm -hmm. in our knowledge claims. Um, But no matter what, you have to learn to live like stuff is true And that's the hard part. I mean, who doesn't believe exercise and diet will get you in shape? Right. So as we move from, uh, you know, we talk about the being skeptical and having faith, you know, I think it's also a lot of times in Christianity, people fall into extremism on one side or the other. and, And people do this in healing too, where we take the stance that God never heals today. And some people mm-hmm. take the stance that God always heals. And I think mm-hmm. both of them are very tricky. And uh, I think mm-hmm. usually the Bible is found somewhere in the middle of two extremes. So mm-hmm. why do you think this extreme stance happens? And how do we kind of prevent us thinking about something so extreme when sometimes we need to have a good balance in our theology? I think the extreme happens um, because we look at where things can go wrong. Mm. So the person who looks at the charismatics and their promising miracle water is going to cure you is trying to help people. The person who works their faith up and their child dies because they Mm. won't take them to the doctor and you just get disgusted and you walk away. And the uh, charismatic who says, I see God heal people sometimes just walks away from, well, there's times he doesn't. Yeah. And to have a balance is to look at both sides' dangers and go, I want to avoid both. And I, I think that is the tool of discernment is that we can avoid both, both extremes. Mm. Yeah, that's really good because 
And like you said, a lot of times we say, well, I prayed for this and it didn't happen. So now I'm going to conclude that God never heals because he didn't for me in this one Mm -hmm. case. And that goes back to that experiential theology I talked about where, you know, we cannot just base who God is based on our experiences, because Mm -hmm. there's so many other factors at play. You know, that's the thing with the end of this documentary is you really come out of it thinking. And I thought about this for days after watching it, just even though I, I, I knew what I believed and I didn't really change that per se, but it really helped me consider other arguments to consider things that uh, maybe I hadn't considered before in regards to healing. And Mm -hmm. also where that faith comes into play, where I'm going to still pray and trust God. And it's kind of like David did with his son. You know, he prayed, uh, his son was dying. He prayed, you know, put on sackcloth and ashes. And then when his son died, he got himself up, cleaned himself up, you know, got his countenance back, said that I will go to him. He won't come to me. And it's, it's that faith that propelled David through a tragic situation, but he still didn't lose his faith in God, even though he didn't get the result that he prayed for. Uh, and I think that's a good example when thinking about healing is pray like your life or someone else's life depends on it, have that faith, but at the same time, submit to God and his, you know, omnipotence to know if it's his will mm-hmm. or not. And if there's a bigger plan in play, I mean, you think about missionaries that go to a country and die immediately and mm-hmm. like, what well, where was the point in that? But then you see like the, you know, some of the stories where they, they converted the whole village because of the people that came after them. There's bigger things at play than we can see in our in our little bubble, and we have to keep that in mind too. Right, right. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a a hard world to discern in. I I would also add this: the atheists are giving us gifts sometimes. They're teaching us about logical fallacies that we as Christians in our worldview don't see very easily, and they're helping us go. Well, maybe you should question if this or that person is a con artist. Yeah. And so one of the things that has been said throughout the centuries is all truth is God's truth, no matter what the source is. And yeah. so humility is learning to listen to the other side. Mm. And it's so hard because we're terrified of what they might say. It could destroy me. But then you're not in love with truth. Mm. Wow, that's so good for a time like this. I mean, where I cannot listen to anybody if they don't believe what I believe, and I'm going to just say what I believe until they believe what I believe. Like we're in such a culture where you can't just listen to people anymore. It's so, uh, you know, just go on social media, just listen to political parties. I mean, it's all over the place where it's not just acceptance is no longer, you know, accepting what you believe. It's now acceptance is when I change my beliefs to match yours. Right. And I think as Christians, it goes both ways too, where, you know, we have to plant the seeds. We have to say what we believe, but we cannot force people to come to Christ. We have to, you know, let the Holy Spirit do the work and vice versa. It doesn't hurt to listen to an atheist, to listen to somebody, to say, to listen to somebody, you know, instead of just saying, Hey, you need Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. But Hey, why do you actually believe? Why are you into the new age? Why are you into Buddha? Why are you into this? Like, listen to their story. Where are they coming from? Because everyone has a story of why they're where they're at today. And unless we learn that story and kind of go back to the worldview that they have, you know, a lot of times when we talk about sin as Christians, we just talk about the action without the foundation of Jesus. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if we just you know, talk to people about sin. They're like, well, what's sin? Why do I care about sin when I don't know Jesus? 
you know, we kind of have to go back to deeper things as Christians and take time with relationship. No one's going to get saved over a Facebook comment when you're tearing someone down. You actually have to build relationships, get to know someone's, you know, story, and then speak life into them as God gives you that opportunity. That's good. That's good stuff. So, so after watching this movie, that this documentary, Send Proof, how do you hope that people will receive it? How do you hope that they might be impacted by it and that their prayers might be impacted? Let's start with their prayers. I think I show medical evidence for miracles. Everybody gets to decide for themselves. And I wasn't trying to do anything heavy handed to force people to decide. But if you reach that conclusion as well, then it puts a moral obligation on Christians to pray for sick people that they know Mm. at work, um, at school, outside of places that they feel comfortable. I want also the church to learn to think critically about miracle claims and then to send in evidence if you've been healed of something supernaturally so that we can see if it's good for publication in a peer-reviewed journal. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So it's an ongoing process to, to find this, this evidence to share. Mm-hmm. And people can send that uh, to you through sendproof.com, right? Yes. Yes. Awesome. And I think one of the most powerful stories in the documentary for me was, and I don't know his name, but the person that worked at, at Bethel School of Supernatural Healing, praying for people daily, and yet his own daughter was faced with uh, disability. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that was so powerful because he had the faith and the confidence to continue to pray where some people might be like, well, where is God in my life in this situation? Right. And he's still right. believing for a miracle, still praying, but also accepting God's will in the fact that, well, maybe I can't get the healing that I want as a father. Of course, I want, you know, my child to be whole as I consider whole. But what if God has a bigger plan and I'm not going mm-hmm. to not pray for someone else just because I'm, you know, maybe frustrated. Is there anything else with that story that kind of impacted you? Cause I thought it was powerful. Oh, it's definitely powerful. Um, I, I also think we disqualify ourselves so often because of this sin we haven't overcome or this other issue. And I think we forget one, God's going to heal all believers at some point. Mm. So uh, it's just a timing issue. And secondly, that sanctification is so much more important than seeing miracles is God is at work in every circumstance, always conforming us into the image of Christ. And we just need to figure out, Father, what are you doing and how do I partner with what you're doing? Mm. And we tend to forget we cannot sanctify ourselves. We, right. we know we can't save ourselves, but we cannot deal with our own sin. And so oftentimes when we feel conviction, it's an invitation to go back to the Lord and say, God, you have to do this in me. Yeah. Um, and praying for grace has been super powerful for me. And looking at my own flaws and going like from that story, and going, all right, God, I'm flawed, but you're doing something to glorify yourself and making this about God rather than our insufficiencies and seeing miracles or being spiritual. Yeah, I, I, I have a big God. Yeah, that's so good to think about. You know, yes, we all will have healing. We'll have new bodies. We'll have a perfect world with no sin. And until then, 
we have the problem of suffering. We have the problem of pain, which has caused people to question God for centuries. You know, that the problem mm -hmm. of suffering and pain is nothing new and it's caused philosophers to question. It's caused Christians to question. And at the same time, you know, I always think like, well, okay, let's say God were to heal everybody. Well, now we're, now we're living in the new earth in the new heaven, you know, where right, there is right. no, like, if that's truly would be God's MO in this world, then there would be no more pain or suffering. Like that's what he has promised mm -hmm. will come. Mm -hmm. And so there is not this, uh, okay, well, if God was real, he would heal everybody. He wouldn't let these things happen. It's like, no, he's given us a way out into a hope that no one else has, you know, mm -hmm. if you're not in Christ. And so we can't discount the fact that, it, you know, he's not just, uh, I just talked to Dr. George Barna too. And there's this, this belief of therapeutic moral deism, which is a prevalent now where, mm -hmm. You know, God's just kind of there for our benefit. He's kind of aloof. He's not into our our daily life. You know, he's not there beside us. Uh, and I'll just kind of like hold on to this idea of God uh, when it benefits me. Uh, and so when you when you read the Bible and you see that Jesus wants to stick with us closer than a brother, he's there with us through our pain, not, you know, uh, looking down on our pain. Uh, there is hope in circumstances that aren't, you know, in our mind, the things that we want to go through. Uh, you, you talk to so many people like Johnny Erickson Tata, you know, she's someone that has prayed for healing and she's very open about her testimony of, you know, it wasn't God's will, but then I was able to do so much more in spite of the fact that I'm in a wheelchair. And, and those stories are powerful because you I, I pray that I would have that type of faith if I face that that situation, you know, and it's not something where I no one wishes for that. But at the same time, if God places you in a situation, if you keep your eyes on him, that's why I wrote the devotional eyes on Jesus. If you keep your eyes on Jesus through the problems, the distractions, the, mm -hmm. the chaos that life brings us, then we can get, we can go through anything as Christians. It's not going to be easy or fun all the time, but it will be something where we know our mm -hmm. true, our healer, Jesus, who has healed us from every sin is if once we accept him, we'll be there uh, with us till the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I would add to this also, we live with the delusion that we would be faithful. Like it is grace and grace alone that we have any faith and we cry out for grace without God, we're dead. Mm -hmm. um, I also would add we can be very aggressive in seeing the kingdom of God come. When mm -hmm. Jesus said, you know, pray thy kingdom come, he's praying that earth would become like heaven now. Yeah. And so we can knock and knock and knock. We have permission. And Jesus teaches us, you know, there's this judge and bang on his door <laughs> until you get what you want. And so I don't see it. Sometimes we're passive in the already, not yet, rather than aggressive. Right. And I choose to live my life aggressively and contending for the kingdom to come. And I see a lot more miracles correlated with that than being passive. Yeah. And so I think part of our spiritual journey is learning to, yeah, pray for as many sick people as we can to just go after God. I want to see your kingdom now. And I understand there may be some reason it doesn't. And I don't blame you. You're still good. You're still at work, but I, I hunger for it. And I will put myself in positions where if you don't show up, nothing mm. happens. Wow. That's really good. I think that's a good way to end on, on just having that faith where, and I've heard this from people before is that, you know, well, um, you know, I'm not going to pray because, 
I don't think God's going to do it. Well, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know that God won't do it just because mm-hmm. he hasn't done it before? How do you know that on that that 20th time, he's not going to come through because you've knocked so hard on his door. He's going to show up because of your faith. Like that's how you move the hand of God through prayer, not to get what we want so that we can align ourselves with his will. And we can move along that journey where he's like, okay, you get it now. This is what I've been trying to teach you. And I'm going to show you that I'm still God. And, you know, I, I think there was a story in the, in the movie too, where someone prayed for the condition many times. And then one person was called by God to fly to him, pray for him. And then God healed him. And, you know, it's one of the things, well, yeah, you know, just, just stay where you are. Cause 20 people have prayed for me. It's not going to work, right. but what about the 21st time? What about the 22nd time? And so, so being on that door with God, uh, not just to get, but to, to grow in relationships so that we know what God is doing and how to be a part of it. Because that's, what's exciting is when you're a part of the miracle, when God uses you as hands and feet to, to not just do miracles, but to serve, to love, to be a part of his kingdom. Now, that's an exciting part that we often miss as Christians when we just, you know, want the results, but the results are in God's Mm -hmm. hands and it is a blessing to be used by him. So anything else you'd like to say uh, to let people know about the movie or where they can get it? Well, um, I'll say one more thing and then talk about where to get the movie. Um, Imagine the guy who got on the airplane was Bruce Carlson. All he had was an impression, just Mm -hmm. a nudge. I should go. How many of those do we not listen to? Wow. Yeah. So true. And what, what change would that happen in people's lives? If we're like, I'm willing to look stupid for you, Jesus. And Mm. just to see if the nudge is you. Yeah. Um, But you can get the movie at sendproof.com, S E N D proof.com. And you can watch it, stream it online or get a DVD. And I encourage you guys to watch it and share it with your friends. Absolutely. I will put that in the show notes. And it's something you can show uh, everybody, even if they're not a Christian. It's one of the things where, like we talked about, it's not just, you know, a piece on Christian healing. It's a piece on healing in general and thoughts we've all had, thoughts that we struggle with about healing, whether you're Christian or not. So it could be a great testimony video to share with, you know, non-believers and and just kind of get their thoughts on it. Open up discussion like we talked about, like it's so hard to have discussion with people. Maybe you just show this movie, have a discussion about it. Doesn't mean you're going to agree at the end of it, but at the same time, it could be an an open door that God gives you. So thank you so much, Elijah, for coming on. It was great talking to you. And I would encourage everyone once again, go see Send Proof and uh, God bless you and and, uh, pray this movie does amazing for his kingdom. Bless you. Well, thank you, Elijah, so much for coming on. It was great talking with you. And I would encourage you listening to check out the documentary, Send Proof. Go to sendproof.com. Check it out. Let me know in the social media comments or email me what you thought about it. I would love to hear your insight. This podcast is based on your support, whether it's through liking, sharing, listening, or just commenting. All those go a long way in getting this podcast out there to more and more listeners, as well as your podcast reviews. If you just take a few seconds to do that, it would mean the world to me. And next week, I have Jordan Rayner on the podcast. He has a new book for kids called The Creator in You. He has a lot of great insight and wisdom on how we work as unto the Lord and how we can find purpose and meaning in the work that we do and that we're gifted to do. So until that conversation, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time, keep fighting the good fight.